You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention please. Now batting for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Fan Rock Fantasy Baseball, the host, Al Melchior. Fan Rock Fantasy Baseball. Welcome, everybody. Happy Sunday to you. You are listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball, and I'm your host, Al Melchior. And joining me today, also from FanRag Sports, Mr. Greg Jewett. Greg, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Al. Yeah, my pleasure, as always. Well, let's uh, dig right into the news because we have uh, one item that is uh, pretty fresh off the press here. Ryan Braun has been activated from the DL. So that uh, spares you, I would think, a, a week eight dilemma, uh, assuming everything goes uh, well today for Ryan Braun. Uh, and also, uh, Brian McCann has been placed on the seven-day concussion DL. So if you are a McCann owner, you'll be needing a replacement. Uh, we will be talking about some catchers on this show. Uh, some of them, I think, very likely could be some McCann replacement uh alternatives for you so uh greg uh, how are you how are you doing this morning it's funny you mentioned mccann because in one of my head-to-head leagues he's the ninth player i now have on the disabled list oh my goodness i mean you know as as crazy as and extreme as that sounds i mean there's probably somebody out there who's you know got 10 i mean but it's uh are you stashing all those folks I'm holding on to as many as I can. Luckily, I had some guys that have multiple positional uh, eligibility. Um, I had to drop Cahill to get a catcher replacement, and I uh, picked up Devin Mazzarocco just for the week ahead, just hoping for uh, he can keep up his uh, late hitting streak here. So, you know, yeah. it's just it's just survive in advance every week. Yeah, well, Mazzarocco will be one of those catchers we'll talk about later, but uh, it's certainly a lot to recommend him if he plays just a little bit more. Uh, but let's uh, get to a few more news items. Uh, Luis Robert has agreed with the White Sox. That's been sort of anticipated for a while now, but uh, he uh, has agreed for uh, somewhere between the 25 and $30 million range. Uh, so uh, now we know where he's going to be headed. He's a 19-year-old outfielder, so I don't expect we'll see him this year, but definitely a high-end guy for uh, for Dynasty Leagues. Dallas Keuchel yesterday was placed on the 10-day disabled list with a pinched nerve in his neck. I've had that, so I can understand why he wouldn't be able to pitch with that. Um, the Cardinals traded Matt Adams to the Braves for uh, a Class A corner infielder, Juan Yepes. Uh, so, Greg, how are you liking Matt Adams' value uh, as a Brave right now? Well, at least he's going to get playing time, and as a left-handed hitter in that ballpark, it should help him a little bit. It was funny to see the Cardinals beat writer uh, be disappointed with that trade since they lose their best left-handed bat off the bench. Right, yeah, well, he'll uh, fill a, a definitely a more prominent role with the Braves uh, as long as Freddie Freeman is out. So we got uh, lots more news to get to, a lot of very intriguing standout performances from Saturday. Don't go anywhere. We'll get to all that right after the break, so stick around.
Welcome back to FanRag Fantasy Baseball, everybody. I'm your host, Al Melchior. My guest today, also from FanRag Sports, is Greg Jewett, the author of uh, the weekly or one of the weekly waiver wire columns and uh, lots of other good content uh, on FanRag Sports. So uh, make sure that you check out uh, Greg's work. And Greg, you I uh, hope I'm getting this right. You wrote the uh, piece recently uh, on the Bradley Zimmer call-up, did you not? Yes. So uh, what, what's your, your quick take uh, on Zimmer's value going forward? Uh, I like his blend of power and speed. I think his uh, strikeouts could uh, hurt his batting average for the full season, but um, it's, it's obvious he's uh, – past Tyler Naquin with the Indians, and if he's up for the long term, uh, even Zips was encouraged by possible uh, double-digit home runs, stolen bases. You're just going to have to uh, tolerate some of his hot and cold streaks. You know, he started off a little slow, so he might heat up soon, but there's going to be adjustment periods for any rookie when they come up like this. Yeah, no, certainly, and, uh, you know, you figure batting average might be a weak spot for uh, for Zimmer, but like you said, great uh, potential for both speed and power there. Uh, well, let's continue on with some of the news. Got a couple of news items regarding the Mariners. Uh, they have just recalled Chris Heston because he's going to start the game later today against the White Sox. And man, that rotation, I mean, that whole team has really been decimated by injuries. Sounds like Mitch Hanniger's not too far away, which is good. Uh, Robinson Cano is set to return on Tuesday. He did a full workout before Saturday's game. So that's good news. Good news for Cano. Uh, tentative good news for Mitch Haniger. Uh, but uh, yeah, that rotation is needed reinforcement. So Heston finally getting his turn. And the Mariners have had some good luck with some of their other call-ups. Christian Bergman with a couple of nice starts. We'll talk about him a little later on. Sam Gaviglio with a good start. So we'll see how uh, Chris Heston does today. And also, Edwin Diaz, according to MLB.com, is close to returning to the closer's role. So that could be a very quick little demotion for Edwin Diaz. But I suspect that uh, hopefully a lot of owners held on to Diaz. Uh, He was awfully good last year. Uh, Aaron Sanchez, uh, hopefully the third time is the charm for him. He's on the DL again with a finger issue. It's the blister again this time. Uh, taking his spot is Russell Martin, who's been activated. So I don't know that Martin will necessarily be available in a lot of leagues, but he could be uh, in a shallower league, your, uh, your Brian McCann replacement. Jared Weaver uh, has gone to the DL with left hip, hip inflammation. Stephen Piscotti was activated on Saturday. And uh, Greg, I don't know if you remember, I think this might have even been before opening day, but I remember us talking about Stephen Piscotti and I said, I wonder if he could maybe be a, a sneaky stolen base source. He did steal a base last night. Uh, so every with every stolen base, and it's only two for him on the season, but with every one, uh, <laughs> you know, I think ah, maybe, maybe there was something to that, but uh We'll see. I, that's certainly not what you're going to be starting Stephen Piscotti for, but maybe a bonus. Uh, and finally, Ian Kinsler left uh, Saturday's game early with a tight left hamstring. Uh, that was reportedly a precautionary move. Now the Tigers and the Rangers are the uh, late. Uh, they're the uh, you know the the Sunday night game tonight, eight o'clock Eastern. So. I'm sure we won't be seeing a lineup from them anytime so soon, certainly not during this broadcast. Uh, but uh, definitely keep an eye out for that because I suppose there's some possibility. Maybe Kinsler's back today, but I would think more likely probably uh, early next week. 
So uh, before we move on, or maybe move backwards to looking at Saturday's performances, just a quick look at the weather. And there's really one game that looks pretty bad uh, from a cancellation perspective. And that is the Pirates and the Phillies. Uh, that one at PNC Park. 79% chance of rain or precipitation. I would assume it's rain uh, at game time with no real uh, just a sizable decrease expected in the precipitation chance uh, throughout the afternoon there in Pittsburgh. So that should be Aaron Nola's return from the DL, but I would shy away from Nola and probably anybody else in that game, uh, you know, barring any further information does not look really good as of right now. So um, Greg, some, uh, Notable performances, uh, both on the hitting and the pitching side on Saturday. But I, I think it's fair to say none was more notable than Avisael Garcia, who has stayed hot with a four-hit game, two homers, two doubles, six RBIs. Have you been buying into Garcia, or are you maybe starting to buy in a little more than you were? It's funny because this is one of Nando's guys. Um, yep. You know, <laughs> I, this is, I, I, I've been an Avisale believer in the past, and he's always burned me. But I, I guess with his – I mean, we're at May 21st, and he's still got an OPS over 1,000 due to last night's uh, barrage in Seattle. Uh, I guess it's time to buy in. I think you I think you have to just say, you know, uh, that this is kind of for real this season. I mean, it's it's been so long. You keep waiting for him to fall off, and he hasn't. He's having the year that we want Jose Abreu to have. Am I wrong? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Uh, yeah, it would be nice if Jose Abreu was having anything close to this kind of season. And and you really you you spoke for me with a lot of what you said. I mean, the frustration of uh, getting teased before by Garcia when he had some some you know re- relatively brief hot streaks, uh, and and also the way you put it exactly, you're kind of buying in or or it's kind of for real. That's 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 how I feel about it because I look at the improvement he's made in his contact rate, and then you know by uh, you know sort of uh, association with that uh, lower strikeout rate. So I do think he's a you know I do think he's a better player this year, but the BABIP mm-hmm. is still over four hundred. Um, he is pulling the ball more, so I'd say between the pull increase and the contact increase. Yeah, I'll I'll buy the eight home runs, but uh, yeah, the three fifty seven average that just looks like that's due for a, a nosedive. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. <laughs> so. And and and, and uh, I I have to be honest and say that you know I, that's informed by the stats, but I, I'm definitely not inclined to give Garcia the benefit of the doubt. You know, just because of of the past, which is probably not fair, but you know I, I have to be honest <laughs> about that. Um. Corey Dickerson also with two home runs. He's been red hot, and uh, he's now up to 11 home runs in the season. He had four RBI in that game against the Yankees. He's now batting 343. So who do you think is more legit, Garcia or Dickerson? Uh, of those two, I'd still rather have Dickerson. Uh, I just, you know, they're managing his, uh, his at-bats much better this year, not exposing him to... Uh, strong left-handers. I, he's in the lineup still today against CC, but he's been giving it up to everybody lately. So I don't think that's a problem. Hitting near the top of the lineups, making him see more fastballs. Uh, you know, pitchers, and, he, and he's improved 
uh, his his eye this year. And and I remember in the off season, and we hear all this stuff where it's like, oh, he he changed his training routine, did a lot more yoga, uh, changed his body, and uh, he's been a lot better in the outfield this year, which has given him more fast and more playing time. Um, and I just think he's made the adjustment from being away from cores. It, it took him a year to figure it out, but he, I think he's on to things this year. And I would much rather have Dickerson uh, than Garcia just because he has done it in the past and I trust him a little more. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm on board with that as well. And then in that same game, Aaron Judge hit his 15th home run, also doubled, and his batting average is now up to three thirty one. Um, yeah, I, I don't know of anybody who doesn't think that he's you know not largely legit but you look at what's happened with Eric Thames in the month of, of May, and it, he was so hot in April, it just seemed almost impossible that he you know, could really tail off, and yet he has. I mean, do you think that judge could go through uh, a period like that where you know, right now he just looks unstoppable, but you know, could you see him being you know, more mortal at some point this season? Yeah, you know. We have to avoid the obvious comps to Giancarlo Stanton, but you know, due to his size and and makeup, it, those those will not go away. But I think there's definitely going to be some regression in the batting average. Um, what's really interesting to me is you talk about pocket steals from Piscotty. Judge has four stolen bases this year too. If he gets to double digit stolen bases with that power, and he's still going to give you maybe an average in the two sixty to two seventy range, he was definitely overruled this preseason. Well, that's interesting. I hadn't realized that with the, the four steals. So yeah, that's, you know, you, you can do the, the relatively easy math now because we're just a little more than a quarter through the season. Yeah, that's, that's a nice little bonus from Aaron Judge to be sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jose Bautista continuing his hot streak. He went three for four, hit his seventh home run with three RBIs uh, at the Orioles on Saturday. So four home runs and four doubles over the last game. The strikeouts all of a sudden you know, very, very few strikeouts lately. And he made his second appearance of the season at third base, uh, which might be mm-hmm. a little uh, value added there for Bautista. Are you back in or, or did you ever leave? No, I stay with him. I actually tweeted out yesterday. I, I claimed him in two leagues off of the waivers and all of a sudden people are trying to send buy low offers, but that window I think expired. <laughs> you know, five home runs the last 11 games. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm holding steady. I support him in the preseason. All right, that is how you do it, folks. Well, uh, we're going to talk about another resurgent player when we come right back, and of course, several other good performances. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm Al Melchior, your host of this show and the guest of this show for this particular edition. It's Greg Jewett, also from FanRag Sports. And before Greg and I break down some more of the standout performances from Saturday's games, need to tell you about the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. You can take the world's premier 24-7 Fantasy Sports Radio Network with you wherever you go. Download the Fantasy Sports Radio app now in the iTunes Store or on Google Play and listen for free anytime, anywhere. You can hear Tony Sincata on the treadmill, Benny Riccardi in the car, or Greg, Greg Sussman on the subway, or just relax with the king on the couch, or with Jake Seeley while you're jogging. 
We'll keep you updated and informed wherever you go. So get the Fantasy Sports Radio app for free right now in the iTunes Store or on Google Play and take the experts with you. A quick note here, uh, this is from Rustin Dodd of the Kansas City Star on Twitter. Uh, He's reporting that Nate Carnes may need a DL stint. If you recall, he was removed from his last start early, and he has some fluid near his elbow and some tightness. So uh, you're Nate Carnes' owner. That does not sound good. I'd say even if there's no DL stint, uh, that does not sound terrific for week eight. So uh, keep an eye on that situation. Uh, Greg, let's uh, turn our attention here to Mark Trumbo. Just before the break, we talked about Jose Bautista, who got off to a horrifically slow start. I think we could say the same about Mark Trumbo, uh, but he has warmed up. He's now got six homers on the season. He hit number six on Saturday against the Blue Jays in that same game. Uh, He now has four home runs in his last 11 games, and that was also a three-for-four effort from Trumbo with three RBIs. Uh, where do you see Trumbo's value at this point? I mean, I don't think it's any shock to anybody that he might be a little streaky, but how do you, how do you deal with him going forward? I think you're going to get him back in the lineup if you were off of him, but, um, you know, you drafted him for the power and you knew that there was going to be regression in the batting average. Um, you know, he, he just had an unbelievable year last year, but, you know, and it's funny because a lot of people don't realize he's a reverse splits guy. He he likes hitting against righties better than lefties, which, you know, surprised even me when I do the star sit column. Uh, he's got a nice week ahead. He's facing the Twins at home. I think he does have Hector Santiago possibly to face, and they're, they're worried a little bit about the weather possibly tomorrow. But then he's also going to get the Astros, and if Keiko doesn't start this weekend, that, that could pave the way for – uh, basically uh, five out of six right-handed starters this week. So home and, and Baltimore and at Houston uh, with those short seats and the Crawford boxes should make for another strong week from Trumbo. Yeah, you know, sometimes that, just that one change in the starter can make a big difference in a week. So that, that's a, you know, I like that observation. Uh, Nick Castellanos also homered on Saturday. He went two for four with three RBI uh, against the Rangers. Now he's hitting just 235. That homer, just his fourth of the season. I find both of those numbers really surprising for Castellanos, who, by the way, I, I, I'm sorry, I should have called Nicholas Castellanos because that's how he, he's uh, rolling now. Um, but you know, he every year he's had a really high line drive uh, line drive rate. He's uh, and I, 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 you know borrowed this term from you generously, uh, Greg, that he's a stack cast hero uh, in terms of uh, average fly ball distance. Uh, and I uh, don't know this for sure, but I, I think the uh, exit velocity is also pretty high for Castellanos. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's one of the better by low targets around right now. Do, mm-hmm. Does that seem like a fair assessment? Yeah, absolutely. Especially when you, when you factor in, he's got a 50% hard contact rate this year. Um, the line drives are still in line with last year. Uh, you know, his soft contact is even down. So uh, his first home run in 23 days could be one of those things where he, he kind of gets it out of his head and he goes on a little hot streak here. I would definitely uh, be kicking the tires with his owners and seeing if I could get him at a, a definitely cheap rate, especially with the uh, the injuries at the position. If you were a Dustin Turner owner, this would make for a perfect player to try and target in a trade until he can get back. Yeah, that's that's a, a great suggestion there. And uh, I saw somebody last night on Twitter also pointed out that Castellanos has had a lot of long outs. So that would certainly mm-hmm. jive with why, you know, the home run rate uh, and the batting average aren't what you would expect them to be. 
Now, sticking with the Tigers, Alex Avila with another uh, outstanding effort. Three for three, his fifth home run of the year. And bear in mind, he's not played a lot. So those five home runs represent uh, a, a pretty robust rate. He also doubled and walked. Uh, this uh, also against the Rangers, of course. So he's now hitting 382, and he's also walking a ton. So his OBP, this is crazy, it's 488. And Brad Osmus was quoted after the game saying that if Avila keeps hitting like this, he's going to play a lot more. So that's great news, selfishly and personally for me, because I plan on, on putting some bids on him uh, on the weekly fab. But, um, you know, we talked about some catcher replacements, uh, you know, possibly for Brian McCann or if you just lo- are looking for an upgrade. So there's Avila. You mentioned earlier in the show Devin Mezzarocco, who homered yesterday, uh, his second of the season, and Tyler Flowers, who also homered and is batting 349. So how would you prioritize those three? Alex Avila, Devin Mezzarocco, Tyler Flowers. Uh, right now, I would probably have him right in the order that you do, just because um, Avila, if he's going to get more playing time, and again, they're another team that's going to benefit with Keiko being out because he was slated to start Monday against them and landing on the DL. Uh, that puts them in line to whoever they're going to, if they're going to move up McCullers, but uh, they, they could have a chance of facing four right-handers in Houston. Uh, and then um, they're going to be going to Chicago uh, where they would only face Derek Holland. So, you know, Avila might get a little of the uh, revenge going back to the White Sox Stadium from last year. So he could be in for in line for a strong week. Um, even in the in the short term here, the, the, the base on ball rate is, is in line with last year, which is what surprised me the most. I thought he's really cut down the strikeouts, which has been part of the thing along with his, his hard contact rate this year is 60%. I mean, I know it's a small sample size, but that number just jumps off the page. So, uh, and he's actually doing yeah. it by pulling the ball less. So he's quite an anomaly. It's, it's like, you know, you're trying to get your head wrapped around this stuff and it's just, some of it doesn't make sense, but you're just going to ride it as long as you can. Uh, Mazzarocco is just a matter of playing time with him. He's still rounding into, sh- into shape, but you know, when he's healthy, he hits and he's, you know, it seems so long ago that we, we had his power active, but if he can turn that around, it's great. And Flowers, another strong OBP guy. Had the 357 OBP last year in 83 games, and he's cut his K rate by nine points. So these are all three strong second catchers that, if they're on your waiver wire, are definitely worth a look. Yeah, no, absolutely agreed. And you know, you mentioned you know Mezzarocco, that it's been a while since we've you know we've seen the power that we've seen him healthy. It, it's sort of a similar story for Avila, and I mean, not quite as dramatic in terms of the you know the injuries mm-hmm. that have kept him out for a long period of time. But he's been banged up for years. You know, he's had concussions. He's had a, a series of, of different injuries. Um, so it's easy to forget that, uh, you know, five, six years ago, he you know, he would look like a real up-and-coming force at the catcher position. So they, you know, that's partly why I'm excited about him. I think he may finally be, be healthy and be back, and it's just a matter of playing mm-hmm. time. Uh, well, uh, as good as some of these hitter performances were, it's hard to top the pitcher's duel we saw last night between Jeff Samarja and Carlos Martinez uh, going uh, goose egg for goose egg uh, during during uh, regulation and going into, uh, into extra innings last night. Samarja, though, I mean, really an incredible story. Uh, eight scoreless innings in that game against the Cardinals, uh, just five hits allowed, no walks, and eight strikeouts. Now, for the month of May, that was his fourth start in May. He hasn't walked a batter in May. He is doing his Ivan Nova impersonation. But unlike Nova, he is getting tons of strikeouts. He has 36 strikeouts 
in 29 two-thirds innings. And again, no walks over that span. And he's got a 273 ERA. Uh, and that includes uh, at least one start that was sort of a clunker. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, overall, uh, you gotta got to love those results. Uh, is, is Samarja somebody that you have to start right now? I think so, and you know he's he's one of these one of these things. It's not like the others guy. You look at that four point five seven ERA for the season, but a two point nine FIP and a two point eight five xFIP. So the underlying factors are are in his favor, and his strikeout percentage is up eight percent this year, and his swing strike percentage is back to the two thousand fourteen levels. So if he's getting a little more confident, you know, you and I have both said he's a nice home stream, but. If he can put these numbers up, uh, like in May, and he can maintain these gains going forward, I mean, it's going to be possible for him to, you know, not walk somebody every month. But you know, you know, the, the Ivan Nova comp's good, especially when you get the improved strikeouts. So here's another player. If if somebody's not paying attention, or if he's sitting there for some reason, uh, I think he's an ad. But after last night, I doubt he's on many waiver wires. Yeah, no, absolutely. Not that he was on a ton to start with, but if you own him, you know, yeah, like you, you pointed out, we've both talked about him as a streamer. I, th- I think you know, he's graduated from that, at least for the time being, uh, to be sure. Yep. Uh, Carlos Martinez, you know, I think uh, you know, he's just generally regarded more as a must start, and I think rightfully so. Uh, but he uh, pretty much matched Samarja, went nine scoreless, only allowed two hits, uh, relatively modest total of five strikeouts, but only one walk for Martinez, and he lowered his ERA down to 3.28. And to me, just like with Samarja, it's the walk total that's significant for Martinez because he yep. had that, I think it was an eight-walk game uh, against the Yankees earlier this year, but the that wasn't really the only game where he's, you know, his walk total has been a little elevated, and yet he's throwing a lot of strikes, and I, I want to give that a deeper dive because it just seems incredibly aberrant to me that he'd be throwing so many strikes and yet be so unreliable as uh, you know, a, a guy for, for walk rate and whip. And in this start alone, he lowered his whip from 1.29 to 114, which is incredible unto itself. But um, mm-hmm. you know, any, any thoughts on Martinez in terms of, you know, value going one way or the other? Um, I, I'm okay with him, and, and, and you know, and this is another this is another player we've talked about. But I think trading some strikeouts for contact and uh, less walks will definitely do him well moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Well, stay tuned. We got a few more pitchers to review. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior, and my special guest today, also from FanRag Sports, is Greg Jewett. And Greg and I are going to talk about some other Saturday performances from the mound and then look ahead to Week 8 on the mound. Uh, but before we do all that, you need to know about the RotoExperts.com exclusive edge in-season fantasy baseball package. It's your ultimate bench coach for the 2017 season. Stay ahead of the pack with their in-depth statistical breakdowns, trend analysis, and player insights. Become a wizard of the waiver wire and learn how to scan the numbers like a roto scientist. They will help help you set the ideal lineups every single week. And this season, you'll get a built-in fantasy training staff with their new injury advisor powered by InsideInjuries.com. 
So go get yourself the RotoExperts.com exclusive edge in-season fantasy baseball package right now and watch yourself soar to the top of your standings. Enter the promo code FREERADIO at the checkout for a special discount. Uh, going back, Greg, to Saturday's games, uh, speaking of special, Robbie Ray with a very nice start against the Padres, went seven mm-hmm. and two-thirds, did not allow a run, did not allow more than two hits. He did allow two hits. Three walks, six strikeouts. So uh, trying to, you know, spice up uh, the, the stat line there for Robbie Ray. Uh, you know, so I, I hate to take things for granted and, you know, even be a, maybe a little snarky in the process, but you expect strikeouts from Ray pretty much every start. You may not get a whole lot else, or you may, but six, it's sort of bizarre Robbie Ray. Less than a strikeout per inning against the Padres, but, you know, a good line overall, which you don't always get. What do you make of this, and what do you make of Robbie Ray going forward? Is is he is he reliable yet? I don't know that he's reliable, and the the reason I say that is because he hasn't conquered his home ballpark yet. Um, his home ERA this year is six point seven five with a five point five six FIP, and then you know we want him for strikeouts, but his strikeout minus uh, walk percentage is twelve point five at home, but on the road that ERA drops to one point zero three with a two point four four FIP and a 20% strikeout minus walk rate. So, you know, pitching and chase is not easy, just like, uh, you know, it's, we, we talk about how it's in comparison to Coors Field Light or however you want to term it. Um, he's he's got to take care of the, the walk rates at home. I think he's a little less prone to uh, be aggressive with the batters. But when you see him on the road, I mean, he had a tremendous performance in Washington when they were when their lineup was hitting on all cylinders. So, I mean, he can shut down a top offense when he's on his game, but the walk rate at home is what makes him unreliable to me. Yeah, I, it's frustrating because he does. He has these flashes of brilliance, you know, and, and knocking down a, a really superb lineup. And then, uh, you know, like I said, sort of, a, you know, a, a very good start against the Padres and at Petco, but, you know, kind of still wanting a little bit more. And, um, <laughs> you know, I think I think back a few weeks back to he had two a two-start week uh, home and away against the Dodgers. And I remember putting up a, a Twitter poll online and, you know, do you, do you start him? And, and most people are like, why are you even asking this? <laughs> you know, Dodgers are terrible against lefties. You know, Robbie Ray is, is going to just, you know, be terrific. And it was, it certainly wound up working out for people who started him, but one of the starts wasn't really all that great. And then since then, mm-hmm. between that second Dodgers start and the start against Padres, not, not a, you know, not really a good overall record for him. So it's it's frustrating. Um, now going to the the other side of that game, Luis Perdomo made the start for the Padres. And prior to that game, I looked him up on CBS and saw his ownership rate there was, if my memory serves me correctly, thirty three percent. And if I'm wrong, I don't think I'm wrong by much. And I thought this is ridiculous because this is a guy who is having a, a major breakout this year. And he's not getting attention. And then he goes out and he gives up 11 hits and eight <laughs> runs last three innings against the Diamondbacks. And yeah, it's a tough matchup in a tough venue, like you say. Or I'm sorry, no, this was uh, Petco. So t- tough matchup. But um, it did bring, bring something to my attention, Greg, because he's got, he's still, after the start, good strikeout and walk rates and obviously a great ground ball rate of 69%. So strikeout rate of 22%, walk rate of 6.7%. Um, I've said this on past shows. I mean, he looks like the next coming of Dallas Keuchel to me. Uh, 
but he's allowed a 333 batting average on grounders, which is close to 100 points above the major league average. And the Padres don't have a very good infield defense. And as a staff, mm-hmm. they're allowing a 270 average on grounders. So there's certainly room for improvement there, even with a subpar defense. But how much does that restrict Perdomo's value? Because there's a part of me that, that wants to go out and pick him up or in deeper leagues try to trade for him. Yeah, it's intriguing. And the, and the Keiko comp isn't, isn't uh, probably far off. And it's, but he doesn't have Altuve and Correa field in those ground balls, which is probably the biggest difference, um, in, in, at least in that regard, other than the talent level that Keiko's shown what he can do when he's healthy. But, um, you know, the, his 5.79 ERA for Perdomo has a 3.37 FIP, you know, and he's putting up strikeouts, 36 and 37.1 innings pitched. So, you know, I think you're going to have to kind of manage his starts, and, and the Diamondbacks are just seeing the ball really well right now. They've been on fire in Petco. So I think you can uh, take that with a grain of salt, and it might even depress his uh, bids if you're going to try and buy low on him tonight in FOB. So, uh, I, I think Perdomo is very interesting, and, and with a lot of fantasy owners needing a starting pitcher, he makes for an interesting ad. Just just make sure you pay attention to the matchups. If you have a team that uh, does well with ground ball hits or whatever, you, you're going to have to do a little research. But I think you can finesse enough of his stars to make him a definite viable uh, option moving forward. Yeah, no, I, I'm, you know, I think that's great advice, and I'm certainly going to take a chance. I already do own him in one league, so but uh, I'm looking to pick him up in, in some more. Uh, Mike Clevenger, another impressive start for him. His ERA is now down to 156 after tossing seven scoreless frames at the Astros. And to me, the most impressive part of this line, even maybe more so than just allowing two hits, is he got eight strikeouts. And the Astros, going into yesterday, had the second lowest strikeout rate in the majors, which for me still takes some mental adjustment because I'm still, you know, kind of have a hangover from you know, like two years ago when it was every start was like, get this guy gets the Astros, lots of strikeouts. <laughs> but, you know, they've got Aoki and Reddick and, and Gurriel and all these guys who don't strike out. Um, so what do you think of Clevenger now? Well, I, 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 you know, he's another person where in the past we've been kind of high on him and then his walk rate and other things have really sort of depress his value, but he's trying to use his uh, ops, his pitches away from the fastball more evenly this year. You know, the change, the slider are both at about 17 to 18% usage rates, the curve at uh, 12 and a half. But uh, what's interesting is, is that he's getting a 56.5 whip per swing rate on Brooks baseball with his slider and then 47 with the curve uh, and the change even at 35. So, if he can get these other pitches all working off of his uh, fastball, then he becomes a lot more interesting. I, I just think he is another pitcher where it feels like once you buy in, he's going to have an outing like Perdomo did yesterday. So he's going to have to be able to weather the storm if you're going to uh, take a chance in him. But with that Indians rotation having uh, different guys coming in and out and, and different effective levels, um, it's going to be interesting to see, and I really want to see how Salazar does today against the Astros so we can get a better feel for what Clevenger did. Does that make sense? Uh, that does make sense, and I also appreciate the fact that you've given me a uh, segue to promote the Sunday Streamers column, which, again, for a lot of people probably is, is past usefulness. <laughs> <laughs> but if you could pick somebody up today, I do address Salazar and say you shouldn't start him against the Astros. I think it's a bad idea. Um. All right, well, and just a quick note here uh, at Deep Leagues, if you're looking for a potential 
uh, pitcher reinforcement, starting pitcher reinforcement. Asher Rosa Wojciechowski, I almost got that out of my mouth, <laughs> has first career win uh, last night in relief. But I think there's an opportunity maybe eventually in that Reds rotation for Wojciechowski, who's uh, really you know revived himself in a, in a brief time at uh, AAA and, and now in his first appearance uh, in the major leagues. But let's uh, move forward here because uh, I want to get to some of the matchups for Week 8. Uh, Jason Vargas, not, probably not somebody you can pick up in most leagues, but if you own him already, he's got the Yankees and the Indians on the road. Um, you know, Vargas, not so great the last time out, but a good season overall. Are those matchups too tough uh, to trust him in a two-start week? Uh, for me personally, uh, I, I, I had a hard time buying into all this to begin with. I mean, he can bounce back against the Yankees, but being at home, that definitely uh, improves their lineup uh, with that short right field fence. Even though he's a lefty, he could be able to mitigate some of that, but it's hard to it's hard to imagine that Castro and Judge and a few other guys can't get to him, especially Holiday at home in that matchup. And then the uh, Cleveland, you get uh, Ramirez turned around, Lindor, a couple others. Uh, I I would only use him if I had to, if that makes sense. Oh no, it does does make sense. You know, I wouldn't be asking if I didn't think it was risky. So uh, I'm on the <laughs> fence myself about it. I haven't really decided to be honest. Uh, you know, I've got a bunch of guys who are likely available in in a lot of leagues. Um, I'm going to leave that for after the break because uh, there's a bunch of them, and I want to make sure that you know we give them their their fair due. But um, in terms of very very deep leagues, I mentioned Christian Bergman earlier in the show. Been a bit of a revelation for the Mariners uh, as a fill in. But he's got some tough matchups at the Nationals, at the Red Sox. What depth of league can you trust Christian Bergman with those two starts? And those two, I'd have a hard time even trusting them in my 18-team uh, league. I don't know that I would use them. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. That's a dilemma. I think maybe an NL only I'd roll with that. But it's you know it's tempting because mm-hmm. he's been good. If I had him, I'd, I'd want to you know start my, my shiny new toy, but yeah, I think those are, are <laughs> matchups that are a little, little too dangerous. Um, let's, uh, like I said, we've got a bunch of uh, pitchers that I want to get to, uh, and so I want to get them in the next segment, but in terms of uh, hitters, couple, actually three, that don't really benefit from the schedule. Okay, well, I guess we'll get these after the break, too. So give me a second to think about it. Yonder Alonso, Kendris Morales, Justin Smoke, short schedules for all three. Uh, so when we come back, we'll talk about them and a few pictures to consider for week eight as well. So stay with us. Welcome back, everybody, to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior, and my guest for this hour is Greg Jewett, also from FanRag Sports. And uh, Greg and I are going to uh, walk you through some of the Week 8 decisions you may have to make. You also need to be sure to check out our colleague Jim Finch's uh, Week 8 two-start pitcher column. We're going to uh, talk about a few more of those two-start mm-hmm. options, but before we do... Uh, people in weekly leagues are maybe still looking for that Freddie Freeman replacement. Uh, you know, there's also uh, maybe Albert Pujols. If you're a, an owner, uh, maybe you need to replace him. Uh, and it's it's a tough week in that regard, Greg, because you got three potential options here. Yonder Alonso, Kendris Morales, and Justin Smoke, all with five game schedules. 
And in Alonso's case, he's got his own injury. He's been uh, out with a, a knee issue. Uh, everything I've seen seems to indicate he'll be back Tuesday. But again, he'll be back for a three-game week. And then Morales and Smoke, they've got two games at Milwaukee. So you figure maybe they split the difference and, and, and start one each, which would limit them to a four-start week at, at best. Uh, could you rely on any one of those three if you're looking to replace Freddie Freeman? Uh, it's going to be hard to do, especially when you factor in Alonso in New York is scheduled to face CC Sabathia and Jordan Montgomery, two left-handed pitchers. So um, I, I'd be hesitant to use any of those guys. Uh, Smoke's been probably the hottest of late of the three um, if you were forced to pick one of them. But I'd rather have like Logan Morrison, who's got a week full of right-handed pitching going uh, for Tampa Bay, and they've been doing very well against right-handed pitching. So to me, that would be the uh, natural pivot to any of those guys if he's available. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, great. Should be a great week for Logan Morrison. And then get back to the two-star pitchers. Uh, so I'm going to toss half a dozen names at you. <laughs> we just have a couple minutes left, so uh, we're going a little rapid fire here. But we got Patrick Corbin, who's got uh, the White Sox at home, the Brewers on the road, Amir Garrett versus Cleveland at Philadelphia, the aforementioned Jordan Montgomery versus the Royals versus the A's, both at home. Matt Shoemaker and J.C. Ramirez, uh, so they've got the same matchups, of course, at the Rays, uh, at the Marlins, a little Florida trip there for the Angels. And then finally, Mike fulton versus Pittsburgh at the Giants. So out of that jumble, I mean, those, you know, at least a few of those guys should be available in a lot of leagues. Uh, do you have any favorites and anybody to avoid out of that group? Um, I, I'm a little wary of Amir Garrett, so I would not be using him next week. Um, he had that hot start, but all of the, all of the regression starting to come to a head, uh, Cleveland and the, and, and the Phillies are a sneaky matchup at home with Tommy Joseph and Cesar Hernandez, who both hit uh, left-handed pitching well, uh, along with Altair. So, uh, maybe Fulton Avis because at least the Pirates don't have super left-handed thunder right now. So he should be able to navigate that lineup. Okay. Uh, and at San Francisco, that, that ballpark does help him, even though Belt could uh, knock one out against him. Uh, and I think Schumacher or Ramirez could be okay. I'd probably rather uh, take a chance with the strikeouts with Schumacher, so those would be my two in that list. I don't think people realize how many home runs the uh, the A's are hitting this year. So, you know, going to Yankee Stadium against Montgomery, that, that makes me a little cautious. And uh, the Royals have already seen him. So, you know, Sal Perez and a couple other guys could still benefit in that matchup as well. Yeah, I thought that Montgomery would really ace that uh, last start against the Royals. He is one of the lowest, if not the lowest, uh, starting pitchers in terms of average fly ball distance allowed, and he's a fly ball guy. So uh, I was a little surprised mm-hmm. that didn't work out. But, yeah, those uh, matchups, not necessarily the best for, for Montgomery. So on that note, Greg, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for all the great advice and insight. Uh, we will be back tomorrow at the usual time, 3 p.m. Eastern. So stick around. The producers are coming up. And I hope you all have a great, great Sunday and hope to see you again here tomorrow. Yeah.